Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse uh, 46. We're going to start in verse 46 this morning. But before we, uh, before we get to uh, our passage and get into our message, I do want to share a fun story uh, with you, just like we did uh, last week. And uh, so this, the story goes like this. After school, uh, Timmy was digging through his father's closet. What are you looking for, his father asked, uh, taking in the mess. I'm looking for a magic hat, Tommy stated, throwing a blazer out of the closet, adding, we just washed Frosty the Snowman at school today, and they used a hat to bring him to life. It looked a lot like the one that you wore to Grandma's party. And with a smile on the father's face as he looked at the boy, so you, wanna, you want my top hat to bring a snowman to life? His father asked. No, the boy replied, looking at him as, uh, with a shoe in his hand. I want to try it on Optimus Prime. <laughs> of course, uh, the Christmas season is not just fun for kids, although it is uh, fun for kids. Uh, it is also a lot of fun for adults. Uh, this last Friday, we had our annual uh, Christmas party, the annual Wilton Bible Church Christmas party uh, at our house, and uh, we, had, we had a good time. We had a good time. Uh, somebody brought this uh, mounted uh, fish, and uh, Pastor Callison uh, had the very first uh, number, and so he got to draw first, so he drew this mounted fish which he tried to pawn off on people the whole night. And eventually at the very end of the game, he got to trade someone who traded right back with him. And uh, he tried to get rid of that fish all night. It just continued to come back to uh, him. But uh, don't worry, he didn't leave with that mounted fish. He left with even a better gift than that. Well, at least he finished with a better gift than that. A metal... Um, a metal, what is it, uh, goat, a metal goat uh, he had at the end of the game. And so uh, what is the moral of the story? What is the moral of the story? Whenever you go to a Christmas party with a white elephant exchange, you never know what treasure you're going to leave with. All right, so uh, we had just so much fun uh, at our house, the food and the fellowship and the games. Uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of laughter. And so uh, the Christmas season is both fun for kids and it can also be a lot of fun for adults. The Christmas season is full of many wonderful traditions such as Christmas parties. Matter of fact, someone once said this, we wish we could put uh, some of that Christmas spirit in jars and open up a jar every month of the year. And so uh, you might be familiar with that, or maybe you have even thought that yourself, if we could just take some of that Christmas spirit and bottle it up and hold on to it for the rest of the year. And though it is true that the Christmas season is a special time of year, it's not because of the traditions and parties that make it special. So we don't need to bottle up the Christmas spirit because really the joy of Christmas can be celebrated all year long because it's not tied to the Christmas trees and the Christmas parties. The Christmas season is tied to the babe of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ. With that in mind, we want to continue our series of messages called The Promise of Christmas. And so while uh, we've been looking at uh, some of the Old Testament 
um, prophecies and how they're coming true in the Christmas story. And so today we're going to be looking at this, the Mary's song of praise. And to give some context here, uh, so we're going to be here in Luke chapter 1. To give us some context, uh, this is after uh, she has been visited by Gabriel, the, mar- the arch- uh, not the archangel, but uh, Gabriel the angel. And so uh, he has visited her. He has given her some news about what is going to be happening in her life. Uh, she is going to be having a child, and so she asks those questions, how can I have a child when I am a virgin? And so he's able to answer that and uh, says, you know what, you're going to be having uh, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And then then she also talks to Elizabeth, and and he says, just so that you know this to be true, Elizabeth is also pregnant. Uh, Someone who uh, used to be barren is now going to have a baby as well. So she goes back, she visits uh, Elizabeth, she finds out that exactly what the angel said uh, is true, and of course she's had faith the entire time. And so this is right after that, but it's also before she actually has Jesus. And so uh, she doesn't have Jesus until uh, Luke chapter 2, but uh, we find kind of sandwiched in between the news that she's going to have Jesus and the, her actually having Jesus, we find here a special song by Mary. And so what we do want to do is we want to uh, read this portion of Scripture. And since uh, we're going to be reading a handful of verses today, I won't have you uh, stand. Uh, But uh, let's go ahead and look here at verse 46. This is Mary's song of praise. It says this, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done this great thing for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength in his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to his fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forevermore. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Let's go ahead and stop there and we'll ask the Lord's blessing upon our time. Lord, we do pray that uh, as, again, we look at the Christmas story, that our hearts would be encouraged, but most of all, Lord, that you'd be glorified. Truly, the Christmas season is a special time of year. It is a time where we get excited as children, as teenagers, as adults, there just seems to be just a, a sense of joy. But Lord, as we think about what that joy is connected to or, or rooted to, help us to remember that it is not that we need to bottle up the Christmas spirit, but that truly our joy continues on all year long as we think about the reason for the season. As we think about Jesus Christ and the fact that he came down to man and wrapped himself in human flesh and lived in man's place and died in man's place and came back to life. And so, Lord, we pray that you would meet with us today, that you would use your word as you see fit. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we looked at God's promised hope found in Genesis chapter 3. We looked at the fact that uh, God made everything and it was, it was perfect. But then we find out uh, that in chapter 3 there is the fall of man and so man does eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They do what God told them not to do and so they break God's command and, and for that uh, we see that there are consequences for their actions, but right in the middle of those consequences, we find hope. And so if you remember last week, we looked at the fact that God gave a promise that there would be someone born of woman's seed that would go and he would crush the head of the serpent being Satan, that he would stand victorious over Satan and sin. And so we looked at that promised Redeemer as Jesus Christ because that is Jesus Christ. And so from Genesis chapter 3 through the rest of the Bible, we kind of see that story unfolding, that Redeemer. But today we're going to be looking at the Mary's song of praise. And really as we look at those closing verses in her song, verses 54 and 55, she reflects on the fact that God has kept His promises to Israel, that God has kept His covenant with Israel. So what I want you to do is go, go ahead and turn back in your Bible to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. You want to briefly look at the promise, what promises were given and how they were fulfilled. So this is Genesis chapter 12. We're going to be starting off in verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, starting off in verse 1, and it says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, the land I will show you. So the very first thing that, that God told Abram, which later is changed to Abraham, the very first thing that he, he tells him is really trust me. All right, I want you to leave the people you're familiar with and I want you to go to a new place. Trust me. So the first thing that, that uh, God tells Abram is trust him. And then he goes on to say this in verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Here we read the Abrahamic covenant. So God said, you know what, there are certain things I'm going to do for you, and he gives them really three promises. These are the three promises. He says this, first of all, I'm going to give you a people, a nation. I'm going to build from you, Abraham, a people and a nation. And then he says, I'm also going to give for you a land, a promised land, a land that has been designated for you. And then he also says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And so there's three blessings that he gives, a people, a land, and a blessing. Well, in the Old Testament, we see that building of, of a nation. They, that God did do exactly what he said he was going to do. He gave Abraham a people. Also, as we continue in the Old Testament, we also find that he gave Israel a land. Israel was able to go in and conquer a land. 
And so God gave them a land. But the blessing was not fulfilled in the Old Testament. Instead, the, that blessing was fulfilled in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. And so as we kind of park here on, on verse 3, this is Genesis 12, 3, notice what God says. He says this, In you, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, that, that phrase or, or those words, in you, can mean by means of you, but probably mean from within your nation, I will do this. So, notice what Paul says. Paul talks about uh, this very thing later on in Galatians chapter 3. And so, you don't need to turn there. I'm going to put it up on the screen. But here in Galatians 3, 8 and 9, it says this, And this is Paul speaking, he says this, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you, so remember, this is is connected to uh, the gospel, in you shall all the nations be blessed. And of course, that gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is, is doing here is he's connecting that that Abrahamic covenant, that third blessing back to Jesus Christ. And really, not just for Abraham and the rest of Israel, but also for the Gentiles. And he goes on to say this in the very next verse. This is verse 9. And so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And, And so he connects the church and he connects Christians with Abraham, and he says, you know what? Abraham believed God. Abraham had faith, and we join in as well to that promise of blessing when we too have faith. And so that is the gospel. That is the gospel. And so there was a promise given a long time ago that came about through Jesus Christ. Now flip back to Luke chapter 1. Flip back to Luke chapter 1 where we started today. Turn back to Luke chapter 1. What we're going to do is we're going to break up Mary's song here part by part. Because what we see here is the fact that she is focused on that blessing brings joy to her heart. And so God's promised blessing fills her with joy. And and so notice here as she closes off this song, she says this, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And so what Mary is doing at the very close of her song is, is she's beginning to remember the promise that was given long before she was ever born. And she remembers the conversation that she had with Gabriel and some of the things that Gabriel told her. And she's beginning to connect the dots that what is about to happen in her life is the fulfillment of what God promised Israel, that there would be a blessing and the blessing would come from within their nation would come from Abraham. So God's promised blessing fills her with joy. 
Like a cup overflowing with gratitude, she can't help but praise God in word. And so we see kind of in, in her opening verse here, or in her opening verses, the reason for her rejoicing, the reason for her song. And so notice again, starting at the beginning of her song in verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. That word magnifies is the same idea as glorifies. She is praising the Lord. She is glorifying the Lord. She's allowing the Lord to be who he is and recognizing him for who he is. And then she goes on to say this, my spirit rejoices in the God of my salvation, or the, uh, in, the God, in God my Savior. My spirit rejoices. This is, my heart is in an attitude of joy. She is rejoicing. The reason for her joy is because of the Christmas season, because of what is about to happen in her life. About, upon hearing the news from the angel Gabriel after visiting Elizabeth, Mary is filled with joy within her spirit. And so what we're going to do is we're going we're to go through the rest of this uh, rest of this song because this is really kind of like her opening stanza and she's saying this is why we are, we are praising the Lord. This is why we are singing. We are singing because of what the Lord has done. And then she begins to Talk about what the Lord has done, that, that time of rejoicing. The very first thing that she brings up is God's grace. God has shown grace to Mary. God has shown grace to Mary. And so we look at the very next verse here. And so notice that starts with four. And so it's connected to that promise, what brings joy. And she says what brings joy is for he has looked down on the humble estate of his servant. She's, she's referring to herself. For behold, from now, all, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. She begins to look at her position. She begins to realize that really as, as, as Mary, she's no one really important. No one really knows who she is, and yet God has chosen her to do something very special. And as Mary is reflecting on what is about to happen, within her she is filled with joy. She can't help but have joy because God has chosen her for this purpose. And so the first ground for Mary's praise no doubt recalls Hannah's hymn found in 1 Samuel. That God doesn't need superheroes to accomplish His sovereign will. God often uses people who are not great in the world's eyes to accomplish great things in the world. So as we think about some of the people that have come through Christianity and have really God is, God is used in a, in a mighty way, including Mary and, and Joseph. It wasn't, it wasn't people that were well-known, but people who were just willing to be used by faith. So Mary focuses on that. First of all, God has shown grace to Mary. He has chosen her. Amongst many women he could have chosen, Mary had faith and believed 
that this was possible and that it would, in fact, happen. And then we see the second thing, that God blessed Mary. So this reflects on God's blessing. And, and so notice that very next verse, and again we see that word for. This is the, really the second reason she is giving praise, why she has joy in her heart. She says, for he who is mighty has done these great things for me, and holy is his name. She stops and she begins to reflect that, you know what, God could have chosen many other women, but God has chosen me. Next recalls the fact that in his might and power, God had it in his heart to bless her. And that really through her would bless the rest of the world. And, and Mary believed God and yielded herself to His will. And God performed a miracle in her life. She had a special and unique privilege to carry the Savior of the world. As I think about God's blessings, oftentimes we receive things that we're, we're not expecting or maybe we don't deserve. Now, when I was in, in second grade, I, I didn't have a privilege. I didn't have the privilege to go to a Christian school like many of our uh, kids today here have. Instead, I went to a public school, and I remember in second grade that we had a writing activity, and, and the writing activity went something like this. Uh, what you were supposed to do is you were given kind of like a, a scroll, and it was a, it was a list to Santa. What you wanted to do is you wanted to ask Santa for, for some gifts to have him bring you for Christmas. And so, of course, we were all very happy to write, write Santa Claus a, a letter asking for what we needed. And, and as a child, I was a very practical child, or maybe I couldn't think of anything that I wanted. And so what did I list? I listed, like, a new pair of pants. And I even wrote the size. And, and I asked for things like this. I want a new pair of socks, and I want a new coloring book, and I want some new coloring crayons. And of course, as every second boy, grade boy would want, I wanted a remote control car. And so I wrote all of those things down on the list, and I'm sure it was posted somewhere in the classroom. Well, you know, that Christmas year, somebody saw that list of mine, that very practical list, and and someone went out and bought those items. And there was a knock on my door during the Christmas season. And there was this couple that showed up. And they had a garbage bag. A, I even remember it was a black garbage bag full of gifts for me. And that said, I think they may have said something like, Santa brought you something. And, and uh, in second grade, I was like, hmm, that's kind of early for Santa to be bringing gifts. And you don't look like any, any Santa elves. But you know, I, and of course my parents were intrigued. They were like, wow, you got some gifts. And they're like, what did you write on your list? And so I, well, I, I wrote a pair of pants in size such and such. And of course my parents laughed. And that's not the size that you wear. And we opened up those gifts, and, and really there was a couple in our community that was looking just to be a blessing to some kid in the community. 
And it just happened to be that God chose for those blessings to fall on me that, that Christmas season. Maybe because I wrote a very practical list. Maybe some of the other things that the kids are asking for, like uh, a car or a pony or something like that, uh, we're not able to, to have. But maybe my, my very practical list, someone thought, well, maybe this child really needs some socks, a coloring book, and some pants. And so uh, they brought me those things uh, that they thought uh, that I needed. But you know, I really wasn't any different than any other second grader in my class. We all had wants, we all had desires, but that year God decided to bless me. And, and truly, as I think about Christmas, it wasn't just that Christmas year that God decided to bless me. Because the real reason for season reminds me that not only during Christmas, but really every year and every month, I have received a blessing from the Lord. That truly Jesus Christ coming in human flesh, Jesus Christ living in my place, Jesus Christ dying and coming back to life, me putting my faith and trust in His death, burial, and resurrection is a blessing that is not just for the Christmas season, but a blessing that continues to change my life. And so Jesus has given me many blessings as well, because Jesus is that promised babe of Bethlehem, that promised redeemer, that promised hope. And so Jesus' first coming was about laying down his life so that all the children of the world might have an opportunity to be right with their creator by faith. And so Mary stops to praise the Lord because, number one, God demonstrated his grace by choosing her. Mary stops to praise the Lord because, number two, God showered her with blessings by giving her the privilege to carry the Savior of the world. And number three, and the last reason I believe that Mary stops to praise the Lord is because God is a merciful God. And so that's number three today, if you're keeping notes. God is merciful. And so we see this in the very next verse. And so remember, she has a four, gives the first reason, the four gives the second reason, and then there's a and, she gives the third reason, and this is the third reason why she's thankful, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Now when she says, who fear him, what she's referring to is those who bring God glory, those of whom God is pleased. And so when we think about how to bring God glory, when we think about how to please God, it must be done through faith. It must be done through faith. So it cannot be done in our own works. It cannot be done in our own effort. Matter of fact, Hebrews eleven six says this, Without, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. That is, and it is impossible. It is without reason. There is no possible, impossible way that you could please him outside of faith. 
And I know some religions and some people in the world, they think, well, if I just work hard enough, I can please God. And Hebrews says it is not an amount of works that pleases God, but it is by faith. And so as Mary says, his mercy is for those who fear him. And when we think about who fear him or those who honor him, we must know those who honor him do it by faith. And then she goes on to say this in the very next verse. He has shown. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Making a name for yourself is not the way to receive mercy. The Christian life is about making a name for him. Not a name for ourselves. It is about his glory. It is not about our glory. It is about his strength and his might. It is not about our strength and our might. And then Mary goes on to say this. She says, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. It is not through mighty men or mighty kingdoms that we might receive mercy, but through humility. I know the Catholic Church, they they take, they take Mary and, and they place her alongside of, of Christ and, and they put Mary and, and Christ kind of as co-equals on, on the same level there. And, and when we look at Mary's song, we don't see that's what Mary's communicating at all. Mary is not elevating herself. Instead, really, Mary is placing herself underneath God and saying, wow. That God would do this for me. That God would show his grace upon me. That God would bless me in this way. That God would show mercy. Because I am not the mighty. I am not the great. I am the humble. She goes on to communicate this as well. He has filled the hungry with great things. And the rich he has sent away empty. Of course, that is not to say that God does not have mercy on the rich. God has mercy on anyone who trusts Him by faith. Anyone who reaches out to Him in trust by faith. So Mary is not saying that the rich, if you're rich, just... Just go ahead and walk away now because you'll be rejected by God. That's not what she's saying. Instead, she is saying, you know what? It is about humility. It is about relying by faith on God. It doesn't matter if you're helpless or mighty. It doesn't matter if you're hungry or rich. We all come to God the same way through humility, needing salvation. Our might will not secure salvation. Our money will not secure salvation. It is only through the work of Christ. It is only through that gift of Christmas. And it's that reason why we celebrate today and why she chose to celebrate, to honor, why she was filled with joy. And she stopped and really sang this. It's almost kind of like a, 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 a psalm we might find of, of David. A psalm in the, in, in the Bible, in the middle of the Bible, written by David. She just stops and she just praises the Lord. 
God gave a promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. He promised him a nation, a land, and a blessing. The Christmas story is God's fulfillment of that promise to Abram. It is the fulfillment of that Abrahamic covenant. And it is through Christ that all the families of the world can be blessed. Mary's words ring true as she starts her song. Notice again how she started her song, and she says this, And my spirit rejoices. My spirit is filled with joy in God my Savior. And so as we started off, we said, you know what? We don't need to bottle up the Christmas spirit and open it every month of the year to keep the Christmas spirit going Instead, we said, really, the joy of Christmas can be found all year long. Because it's not about Christmas trees and Christmas gifts and Christmas parties and Christmas traditions. It's not about the music and the Christmas movies. Instead, it is about the babe of Bethlehem. And so in Christ, we have been been given grace and blessings and mercy And just like Mary, we can stop and have joy. We can stop and praise the Lord all year long. Because just as Mary, God showed grace, blessings, and mercy, God has also shown us grace, blessings, and mercy. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we do thank you for your abundant love, your abundant grace upon our lives. We thank you for that gift of Jesus Christ. We think about from from Genesis chapter 3 that there was a promise of Redeemer, a promise of hope in the midst of bad circumstances, in the midst of judgment, there is hope. We find that Jesus Christ is that hope. We also find that there was a promise of blessings given to Abraham far before Jesus ever came And you kept your promises. You gave to Abraham a nation, a people. You gave to them a land. And you gave to them a blessing. A blessing that was not just for Israel, but a blessing that was available to all mankind by faith, just as Abraham had faith. He believed your promises. And we too can have your blessing upon our life if we too claim and believe by faith the promises of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, thank you for that gift. Lord, we pray that you will help this Christmas season and all year long for us to have joy because you have shown grace and blessings and mercy upon the humble. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to accomplish great things for you. Even though we are a small church in a small town and many people don't even know where Wilton is or that we have a a ministry here with a Christian school and yet you have saw fit to use us throughout the years 
over 75 years of ministry through Wilton Bible Church and over 50 years of ministry through Wilton Christian School, we thank you for using us to accomplish great things. Again, we thank you for your grace and your blessings and your mercy. And we pray that you'll continue to use us as we stay focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen.